Hello and happy Monday, everyone. Welcome back to Friends of St. Anthony's. I am Chloe Cole and I am here with Lisa Cousins to give our community an update of what is coming up over the next fortnight. Welcome back, Lisa. Good morning, Chloe, and it's a great pleasure to be here today once again and I look forward to the discussion with you. So do I. Well, let's jump straight into it. Next week, Monday the 13th of June is St. Anthony's Feast Day. Can you tell us about St Anthony and his connection with the school? Definitely, Chloe. I'd love to share some information about St Anthony's Feast Day and about St Anthony as well and his connection to the school. But what I'll do is I'll talk about St Anthony's first and then I'll talk about his connection with the school because I think it's a two-part question. Yeah, definitely. So we actually have a statue of St Anthony in the chapel and um, if you look at the statue and any images of St Anthony, you always see that he's holding um, Jesus as a baby and there's a flower also in his hand and that's the um, main image of him. And he actually lived a very long time ago and he was born in 1195 and when I found this out I was actually really surprised because I thought he had lived in the um, 1400s, 1500s in, in those years um, he was born in Lisbon in Portugal and during his lifetime he also lived in southern France and in Padua, which is in Italy. And he's generally known as St Anthony of Padua because he lived for a significant amount of time there. And he was actually really greatly loved by all the people that he um, associated with and connected with. And in turn... He also deeply loved all the people as well that he worked with and in particular the poor and those people that were marginalised. And there are many stories of St Anthony's going out into the community and feeding the poor, giving them bread, giving them food and sometimes he even chose to live with the poor and those people that were powerless. So if you think back to um, those um, years, 1195 and in the... um, 12th and 13th century life was very different and people lived in a a very strict social structure so if you were born poor you could never move up or you could never make money to improve your situation so he was always there amongst them and because of this he became known as one of the greatest defenders of human rights and also an advocate for the dignity of every human being as well. And again, I stress the fact that it's because he supported people in many different ways, both their physical and meeting both their physical needs and their spiritual needs as well. And he was also known for his very impressive ability to deliver eloquent and very moving speeches and homilies. And this greatly impressed the people, particularly St Francis of Assisi, and he and um, St Francis became very, very close friends there to the go. point, yeah, which is very interesting, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, to the point where in 1224 St Francis entrusted the education of his friars to St Anthony's, um, who, to St Anthony, who also um, occasionally taught at a number of universities and one of them was in Toulouse in southern France as well. Generally, St Anthony is venerated all over the world as the patron saint for lost articles. 
and also is credited with many miracles as well. So if you have lost something and you pray to St Anthony's, it generally turns up and you find it. So um, that's a very interesting um, aside. So if you do lose something, please uh, send a prayer to St Anthony's and, and it's very likely you'll find it. In relation to the second part of the question and the connection of St Anthony to our school, I'm there's not much information out there. Mm. So what I'm going to do is I'll focus on the connection based on the name of our school. Yeah. And what I'm going to share is really my thoughts and mm. I don't have any solid evidence at this point because we don't have any documented accounts of why the school is called St Anthony's. So we can only surmise why this may be so. And I'm drawing connections between St Anthony's life and also the, mer- um, the mercy charism um, that the Sisters of Mercy have shared with us. So when St Anthony's Primary School was founded by the Sisters of Mercy, um, they called the school the convent school. The convent school. Yes. So it wasn't originally St Anthony's. No. There you go. And we don't have any historical records as to why the school's name was changed or when it was changed to St Anthony's. What we do know is that the Mercy Sisters were also greatly known for their charitable works, supporting the poor, going out to the community, um, providing food, providing shelter. And this was in the spirit of Catherine McCauley, who advocated for those who were less fortunate, and particularly women and children and um, um, in Ireland, she established a home that supported women and children as well. And in considering the account of St Anthony's stories, his beliefs and the support he provided the poor, it may have been likely that the Mercy Sisters saw strong connections between their work and also the work of St Anthony, which was both supporting and caring for those who were marginalised And it's very highly likely that the sisters may have changed the name of the school to St Anthony based on these connections. And like I said, that's my deliberation. That's my thinking. I don't have any evidence. All I do have is that there are really strong connections between um, St Anthony and also the Mercy Charism. Yeah. And we, we talked about that a bit at staff meeting yes. as well. And That's correct. Yeah, and yes. then we just kind of make the interpretation of that's how the connection has formed yes. there. Yes. Thank you, Lisa, for sharing um, all of that information about St Anthony. It's very important to understand his narrative and that connection so then we can fully understand and celebrate the, the feast day and the, our school um, history there. So continuing on about the feast day, um, what is the purpose of a feast day and how are we celebrating St Anthony's feast day this year? Again, I'll answer that in two parts, Chloe, and it's a very, very good question. Generally, the purpose of feast days is to celebrate the saints and their lives. Yeah. And it's a way to enter into the lives of these remarkable people and to walk in their footsteps as well and to get a sense of what they did and how they lived, and also to draw inspiration and understand the lessons that we can learn from them and apply them in our context today 
in our contemporary society. So that's why we have the feast days. And yep. it's really about celebrating their lives and their achievements and um, their miracles as well. Yeah, and then learning from that as well. To definitely, yep. yeah, definitely. So at St Anthony's we'll celebrate the feast day of St Anthony on Wednesday the 15th with a whole school mass at 9.15 in the school gym and all families and community members are highly welcome to attend that. And following the Mass, there will be a morning tea provided by the PNF, which is um, lovely on their part as well. Um, on Wednesday after lunch, there will be a range of class or buddy activities that the children and the teachers will engage in as well to celebrate the feast day of St Anthony. Yeah, and currently teachers um, are preparing for that. So I'm hoping that we are able to share what activities will be taking place and also share some of that on Facebook and Instagram as well. Yes, and just hearing and having conversations with a lot of the teachers already, I know that there's going to be some great fun and very informative activities that are going to be happening in the afternoon. We also have the Queen's birthday long weekend coming up and... Students are lucky enough to get an extra long weekend with pupil free days on Thursday and Friday this week and then the public holiday on Monday. But what will the staff be doing on these pupil free days? Well, first of all, again, another very good question, Chloe. And we have two very exciting days planned for the staff on Thursday the 9th and Friday the 10th of June. These two days we'll have a Catholic schools regional focus as well. So we will be joining the staff from Mary MacKillop and also from Tennyson Woods College. The Thursday PD day will focus on wellbeing and the Friday PD day will focus on learning. So on Thursday the 9th of June, Ivan Raymond, the founder of the Life Buoyancy Institute, and we've been working with the Life Buoyancy Institute for nearly two years now, will be supporting the staff of St Anthony's and Mary MacKillop to deepen the, their understanding of the Resilient Impact Program, which we've been looking at as a staff for um, the last year as well and applying it to our context. And in amongst that, Ivan will also support staff to develop growth action plans, which is very much about individualising the needs of children in, in, in the area of wellbeing as well. So staff will create pr um, action plans that support children as individuals to support them with their wellbeing as well. So we'll be looking at that. So generally the focus of this Professional Learning Day is on growing the human capacity of every individual within our community and also growing re resilience as well with um, a practice called intentional practice. And at this point, I would like to clarify what intentional practice is. So this is very much a mindfulness-based approach using a set of methods designed to implement wellbeing solutions for individuals and for the school community as well. So again, I stress the point um, in relation to the Resilient Impact Program, it's very much about individualising and looking at the needs of um, children and other community members as well and creating supports that meet their needs, their individual needs. 
Now, because the Resilient Impact Program is a whole school focus, it's important that all staff are upskilled in this program. So all our new staff who have not engaged in this program previously will attend the Resilient Impact Foundation course at Tennyson Woods College with all the new staff in the region. And this is very much about having a whole school approach. And I'll talk a bit more about those whole school approaches in a moment. On Friday, um, the CESA Literacy Consultant Tracy Grice and the regional literacy team comprising of the leaders of learning from the three Catholic schools in the southeast, and now leader of learning is Joe Patterson, will be facilitating this professional learning day. And this day will be held at Tennyson Woods College. And the focus of this day is on collaboration between the three schools and on exploring writing tasks and looking at the structure of writing tasks, um, assessing writing samples, and exploring assessment strategies to improve students' writing as well. And Chloe, I greatly look forward to the discernment which will emerge from these two days, and also the opportunity to work with staff across the three schools as well. So it should be two really exceptional days of learning for not only the staff in our community, and that involves the ESOs as well, our education support officers, but also from across the three communities. Yeah, and I, I think I can uh, um, accentuate that point of how exciting this opportunity is to not only collaborate with our own school, but outside of and in with our sister schools and the region in order to then better our practice together, which I think is an amazing opportunity. Yes, well said, Chloe. So why is this work so important for teaching and learning at our school? And again, a very good question. And um, I think I might answer this in three points. So firstly, I just would like to say that all professional learning which takes place is for teachers, definitely, yep. and about improving their toolkit yes. in terms of strategies to use in the class. But mostly and foremost, professional learning days are for our children and looking at ways and exploring ways that we continually improve our strategies as a school and looking at our approaches at a school. So each child in our school um, continuously improves in their learning. Secondly, um, professional learning days provide the opportunity to develop a common language and it's really important that we're all speaking the same language within a school and within a system as well. A common language for learning and wellbeing and also um, develop a whole school approach to learning and wellbeing initiatives. So we're all doing the same thing. Um, and um, using the same strategies, um, having the same focus within our school. So the drive in this respect is to further embed our whole school approach, particularly with literacy and yep. particularly with wellbeing um, and the um, Resilient Impact Program and our focus on reading and writing as a whole school priority as well. The two days that the staff will be undertaking on the 9th and 10th of June are also based on research evidence-based practices. And so um, what we're looking at in terms of um, programs have been thoroughly researched 
and data has been collected to show their effectiveness in improving learning and well-being outcomes for all all students as well. So um, we're focusing on these areas because we know that, like I said, research has proven that they will be effective for children and their learning. The professional learning days also expand, like I said, the toolkit um, of strategies for teachers and also provides important opportunities to support all teachers to teach at a high standard. And we're really keen to continually do that for our staff as well, to continually upskill them. So if our staff are upskilled and they're teaching to a high standard, this in turn supports all students to also achieve a high standard in their learning and also in their well-being. And I think all the points that you've made are 100% spot on. It's just all, it's kind of like a, a, conti- a, co- a continuum and a cycle there. Mm. If we are improving and um, having high quality in our teaching, then that then goes into our students and then back into our teaching and then into our students. Definitely, yeah, it is very much a cycle. And and. Our staff engage in that cycle as well so um, and we encourage them to do that through action research which is looking at a particular area, looking at the strategies which will f- um, improve the focus that they are exploring, um, implementing those strategies, evaluating them and then going to the next step as well and sometimes that cycle might, con- might, continuous, yep. might be continuous as well. 100% because we all know that our learning is never done. Absolutely. Never. Our children are learning. Our whole school community is continuously learning as well. And um, improvement comes from that continuous learning. 100%. So what else is happening this week that our school community should know about? So once again, we have a myriad of activities happening in the next two weeks. So next week and during week seven, all the year three to six students will be engaging in the basketball clinics. And a very big thank you to Peter Seabone for facilitating these clinics and for volunteering his time. He does an amazing job each year. So thank you very much, Peter. During the next two weeks, we also have a number of kindy visits as well where the North Kindy children and the MacArthur Park kindy children will visit our school and we will visit their schools as well. Exciting. Or their kindies as well. And there will be lots of fun activities for the children each afternoon with the focus being on inquiry learning. And not only this, not only will it be fun, but it's also a marvellous opportunity for the kindy children to get to know our school as well. And a marvellous opportunity for our reception children to go back to their kindies and and reconnect in that way. And they absolutely love that as well. Next Tuesday afternoon, 10 of our children are involved in the sacramental program and will engage in the last session before their confirmation, which will be Sunday the 19th at St Alphonsus. And this will be a wonderful celebration for our children and also for their families. And again, we invite all families to attend this celebration. On Wednesday, the Year 4-5 children will be attending Mass at St Alphonsus at 9.15. And again, we invite families to attend this as well. In Week 7, we have our whole school Mass in the gym to celebrate St Anthony's Feast Day. 
And following this, like I've already said, at after lunch there will be um, a number of celebrations happening amongst the classrooms um, as well. And Chloe, that's really the summary of what will happen during the next two weeks. Beautiful. Busy as always. Busy as always, <laughs> yes. Very active community. Well, we have come to the end of today's update, but before we sign off... Lisa has prepared a lovely prayer for our families to send them off into the long weekend and for the staff as they prepare for their work with Clarity. Take it away, Lisa. So we begin in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. May we go forth today to take part in the story of God's love. May we go with courage, uplifted by the example of those who have gone before and vitalised by the mystery and possibility that lies ahead. And may God continue to bless and keep us. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much, Lisa. That was beautiful. Thank you, Chloe. (laughs) It's been lovely chatting again to you today. If you would like to hear more episodes from Friends of St Anthony's, be sure to subscribe to this channel and hit the little notification button to get automatic updates when a new episode is released. This podcast was produced by Chloe Cole for St Anthony's. We thank our principal, Lisa Cousins, for joining us here today. Be sure to connect with St Anthony's on Facebook and Instagram for photos, news and all the behind the scenes stuff. Thank you for listening and we'll talk to you soon. Bye.